and retaliation. And if someone wrongs you, you can wrong them in return. Or if someone um, hurts you, you can hurt them back, but just not beyond what was done. But Jesus says, no, don't. If someone does evil to you, bless them with good. This teaching today goes sort of and builds on from that a little bit more. So I'm just going to pray, then we're going to just read through these verses of Jesus and then teach you them tonight. So Lord, we just thank you for your word, for your kingdom, for your presence here. Um, thank you for your way of life, which is the true life, the life of heaven um, that we can enter into now and start to walk in and grow in and experience. And we just ask that you would show us this way, show us its goodness, um, and just give us your power and grace to live it. We pray in your name. Amen. So, Jesus said, You have heard it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is the formula. There's six of them, and this is the last one of the six, and this kind of comes to the climax of what he's saying. But he said, Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. In the Old Testament, in the law, it said to love your neighbor. But it didn't actually say to hate your enemy. But it could kind of be implied, right, that, that there's these enemies of God and we should love the people who are like us. But those who are against God, those who are not like us, not in Israel, the right thing to do is to hate them, which again was not the teaching. But it, it could be implied. And over time, this started to be what people started to believe. This is what Jesus is addressing. And even from the teaching last week, right, the, the law before was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If someone has wronged you, you can, you, you can have justice but not beyond. And this kind of is a similar way of thinking, right? Like people who love you, who are kind to you, people in your family, you love them. And people who are against you want to kill you, definitely in that, back in that age, maybe even still today. Um, people who despise you, who just want to make life hard for you, the thing to do is to do the same to them. Maybe get them first, hurt them first, um, want them not don't want a good life for them, want them just to be gone. And that's like a pretty normal response. Right? Love people who are uh, like you, who are, who are loving towards you, and hate or be against those who are enemies, particularly right, those who actually are doing evil. And this is crazy, right? Because Jesus is speaking to Jews in the first century who are in Jerusalem. But the Romans are actually in charge, and they're their enemies. And the Jews do not like this, right? Like, there were even certain groups of people, of Jewish people, who would join uh, a group, and then this group was like a rebellious group that would go and try to kill Romans. Um, people would get so frustrated with this occupation that, like, we have to fight the enemy, we have to get rid of them. Like, this was a normal day to their life. There's enemies, and we're against them, we want them gone. But Jesus then says this. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. This is still incredibly radical today, but this was probably even more radical back then in the culture that they, they were facing to love your enemy. That is crazy. Alright. And Jesus, again, he's not saying that they don't have enemies. He's saying you have enemies, right? Like they knew they had enemies. Um, he's assuming that people have enemies, that, and particularly people of faith, people who are following, wanting to follow God, wanting to stay true to Him, that actually there's going to be people who don't like that and are against that and, and, and cause problems. And you might even be able to think in your own life, maybe you have some enemies, just people who really dislike you and are against you. 
or maybe even just in, in society even, there's, there's people that may be against us as a church, as followers of Jesus, who actually wish that we weren't here. We're actually quite happy for us not to be here. Um, we have enemies, you probably have enemies, and Jesus says, actually, love them. Pray for them. And the interesting thing is, as we go through, he gives some reasons. He, he, he seeks to motivate us why. And the first one is, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. To be children, back then particularly, meant to reflect what your Father is like. And what Jesus is saying is, by loving your enemies... You're like living out the family values of God. That's actually what God is like. There's another verse earlier when Jesus is talking about this. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. People will see someone who's making peace, and they'll say, Hey, he must know God, because God's like that. And this is what Jesus goes on to say. He says about the Father. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Jesus is like there. Imagine he's teaching on this hill. He looks around and he sees Romans. He sees Jewish Israel. He sees all these different people. There's all these different groups, right, that are surrounding them. And Jesus says, well, every day God sends sun to all of them, regardless of whether they believe him, regardless of whether they're doing good or whether they're doing evil. He sends rain to countries that are opposed to him, that do evil things, and to people who do that as well. Jesus actually looks around, and just what maybe our culture, we kind of just think about the Lord, just like, well, it's just science, it just sort of runs, or, or maybe we have to believe God, we believe God sustains it, and, and it's created. But Jesus actually looks and says, well, actually, the evidence says God generously loves evil people and good people every single day by giving them food and breath and life, sun and rain. He then starts to challenge this idea of just loving those like you. He says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? And again, this, we don't get just how radical this is, but in this culture, right, like these are the enemies. Like tax collectors, so Romans are occupying Israel. Tax collectors are Jewish people who are like in this alliance with the Romans who have to tax the Jews and they take money. They're, they're like a traitor of the nation. They're despised. Like if we think, whatever you can think of in our society, right, who's the worst type of people that people want nothing to do with, that's tax collectors. And Jesus is saying, tax collectors love their family. Like, they love their kids. They love the other tax collectors, probably. They probably have like a group and hang out. Like, like they, they love each other, right? Like, that's just natural life. They do. <laughs> <laughs> They're good tax collectors. <laughs> and, um, actually, they really do. Yeah, yeah. especially the taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and... Then the other enemy, right, are Romans, right? Then they were pagans. Like, they worship all these other gods. Like, again, despised enemies. And they, they greet each other. They say hello. They say good morning to each other. Like, that's just natural and normal, is Jesus' point. Like, loving people like you, loving your family, loving your own nation, 
loving people who are kind to you, that's just normal life. There's nothing special about that at all. And Jesus' implication is, if we're in his kingdom, we should be different. We should not, that's not the bar that we just act like everybody else. But actually there's, there's a call to be like God. And God loves his enemies. Then there's this verse that Jesus finishes with, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's pretty extreme, right? But this verse kind of has been misunderstood in some ways. So we think of be perfect. The easy thing I, I feel like I probably think of, you might think of is like, okay, so I just can't make any mistakes. I just have to get it right all the time. Like, I just have to be completely pure and moral and upright. It's like this really high view of like perfect. It's like you climb the ladder and you're perfect. That's not Jesus' point. The word here in Greek is not talking primarily about this like upward perfection, but it's talking about purpose. To be perfect was this idea of fully realizing your purpose that you've been made for. This is how one commentator says it. He says, a thing is perfect if it fully realizes the purpose for which it was planned and designed and made. That's perfect in the Greek understanding of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. God is fully true to who he is. We are to be fully true to who we actually are. And what actually are we? Like, what actually are humans? Like, we're created by God. What's our purpose? If we go back to Genesis 1, God creates animals, and creates the sea, the land, the sky, stars. Then he says, let us make mankind in our own image. This is what God is saying. He said, in the image of God, he created them. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to be the image of God, to reflect God, to live in this relationship with him, where he lives in us, we're in this intimacy with him, and, and we reflect him to each other, to, to the whole creation, and we worship him. That's our purpose. And this is what Jesus is saying, live into that. The interesting thing is this same verse, in the same message, when it's translated, when, it's, when, it's, when Luke, the writer of Luke is describing, he doesn't say be perfect, he says this, be merciful, just as your father is merciful. If we're going to fulfill our purpose to be like God, to reflect his image, what is he like? He's merciful. That's who God is. God is love. He's compassionate, gracious, merciful to all, even his enemies. And again, don't misunderstand. This is not saying that God does not hate evil. This is not saying that we ought not hate evil. But that even those who do evil, he still loves them. They're still his image bearers. They're still his, his created um, people. He hates evil, but he loves them. This is, this is the purpose to reflect him. This is how one commentator says it again. The one thing which makes us like God is the love which never ceases to care for men or care for all people, no matter what men do to it. We realize our manhood when we enter upon Christian perfection, when we learn to forgive as God forgives and love as God loves. It's the, one other guys I was reading was saying this is this idea is not this like climbing this ladder to like perfection of like this height like individual, but this like width of like the breadth of love for people. 
is actually what it's about. That's actually what Jesus is calling us to, this, this love that gives out to all. And the way I'm summarizing it this week is that the way of Jesus is the way of unconditional, generous love for all, even enemies. That's actually what he's getting to. And actually, the, 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 all the other commands that he's given and, and examples of this kingdom can be summarized like that's actually about others caring unconditionally generously even when people come against us like last week and last week was someone comes against us and insults us we stay vulnerable if someone comes against us and exploits us we, we still give again there's time for boundaries but there's time to overcome evil with good this that was like a one-off thing right this is like Enemies, like people who are coming against you all the time, like they just despise you, like people do God, and He still loves them. And that, that is a challenge, right? Again, you might be thinking of people and then you think, that is, that is difficult. But Jesus, as we went through, He actually, again, His teaching is like real life, practical, and even mundane. I want to show you this. That there's two steps that He gives of a place to start. You might be thinking, well, how could we do that? I'll give you two tips and little steps that he gives. And I'm going to say, what's the strategy? What's actually a strategy of how do we actually start to realize and live this out? What does he actually want us to do to live it out? So the first little step is simply to pray. That's what he says. You've heard, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute. Jesus is saying when people are against you and people despise you, pray for them. Actually, bless them. Ask God to bless them. Ask God to bring good things to them. Ask God to protect them, to look after them. And this, again, probably won't feel like doing that. Like, probably won't feel like having good things toward them at all. But it's not, you don't start with the feelings, you start with the action. And just come before God and lift this person to them. And again, this is not at all to downplay the emotions that may be involved when people have done evil. Again, the Psalms are full right, of people just expressing so much anger and even hatred towards people who have done evil and expressing it to God. And actually, that's okay. right? If you're really <coughs> angry at somebody else because of what they've done, express it to God. Tell God. But as you do, take his perspective and realize this is still someone that he loves, someone that he made. And yes, it's evil what they've done, but they're still an image bearer of God and we can love them. So Jesus' first little step is to pray. The second step is to greet. You might notice it in the rhetorical questions that he was giving. Um, it, it says, don't, don't, just normal people, everyone just will greet, right, their brothers their sisters, their family. The implication is that actually one way just to practically live this out every day is just to think about who you greet. As in, who, who do you say hello to? Because kind of who we greet and who we say hello to often can say a lot, right? Like the way we do it. Um, particularly particularly in this in Hebrew culture, right, greeting people is massive. You might probably read some bits in the New Testament about giving holy kisses and stuff like that. Like, we don't do that anymore. But... Um, 
Maybe like fist bump or something like that. It's probably just a little bit, a little bit um, less intimate. Um, but greeting people, right, was really big back then, and it's still big today, right? Like, like when you see a close friend or family member, like you greet them, you give them a hug, like you extend your hand and shake someone's hand when you see them, like. But then there's other people, right, where we deliberately don't greet them, and maybe even want them to know that you're not greeting them, that you have ignored them, like. Well, maybe there's some people that you just wouldn't go near. And, and Jesus is saying, everybody greets the people that they like and live with and, and are close to in their family, right? What would it look like to actually greet our enemies? Or greet people outside of that? Or greet people who probably would never ever greet us or talk to us? And again, so like just down to us, practical, simple, say hello to someone who wouldn't say hello to you, is what Jesus is saying. So pray, greet, and then a strategy. So again, the problem with this teaching and the problem with these verses that we're reading of Jesus is that the thing to do is not to go out and really try hard to do them. There's even these verses in 1 Corinthians that you've probably heard that are beautiful verses about love. I'm just going to read these out. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. And so on and so forth. Paul is writing that. Again, similar to what Jesus is teaching. Right. And some people read these verses and we think, okay, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. Like, I'm not going to be arrogant. I'm not going to boast. Like, and it doesn't go very well, probably. Right. And that's because that's Paul's point. Paul's point when he's writing those verses it's not try really hard to do these things. His point is, love does those things. When you have love, you're patient, you're kind, you don't envy, you don't boast. The issue is not to try and do those things, but the issue is to have love in your heart. Then Paul says, the strategy in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, is to pursue love. And again, this is Jesus' point. Jesus starts this teaching talking about the kingdom. He says the kingdom's at hand. God's, God's presence, God's spirit is available through Jesus. And so actually by letting that change our hearts, by God's love filling our hearts, that actually we become the kind of people who can love the enemies. It's not primarily about trying to go and do it, but by being shaped and formed to be the person that does it. You see the difference? It's, it's, it's still the same goal, but it's a different strategy, it's a different direction. This is how one commentator describes it. He says, He, so Jesus, that calls us to himself to impart himself to us. So it's about Jesus in us. Love God in us. He does not call us to do what he did. That's not the primary call that he gives, but to be who he was permeated with love. That's who Jesus was and is, fully permeated with the love of the Father all the time and this close relationship with God. But that's why Jesus did what he did. So we're not called to do what he did, but to be who he was, permeated with love. Then the doing of what he did and said becomes the natural expression of who we are in him. You see, it's not that we're not called to do, but being comes first. This is true in all the New Testament. When you read all the New Testament letters, they start with being. This is who you are now because of Jesus. You're a saint. You are holy. 
You are righteous. Therefore, live that way. Live it out. Be who you are is the point. Like God has made us new. So live new. Live it out. And this, again, is an ongoing being shaped by his love, by, by Jesus in us. It's the reality of him in us that then we can go out and do what he did. There's one guy that I follow, and he summarizes it. It's the same as our church right now. Church strategy is knowing, going, growing, going. And his strategy is be with Jesus, be intimate with Jesus. Become like Jesus in our character, in our heart. Then do what Jesus did. That's the project progression. Intimacy, spiritual formation, transformation, action. That's the strategy. Sometimes we start here, right? Just like we just have to go out and do it. It doesn't work. This is, again, in 1 John, um, these verses say, This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Like, that's what God is like. He loved us. And He gave His Son. Like, sometimes we just think of love and our definition of love, right? Which is just, like, mostly around feeling and emotion towards another person. That's not what love is primarily. Jesus says, this is love. right? Love is that God gave his son. That's love. That's the definition of it. That's this, this fully self-giving, generous, unconditional to enemies even. That's, that's what it's about. God actually defines that. And he says, that's what he's done for us. And then John the writer says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. It starts with God receiving, being changed and transformed that goes out to others. And this is Jesus' point, right? Like We've come to the end of six of these. He says, it was like this, but I say to you, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And it all started, right, with this crazy verse. When Jesus is talking about the Bible, he's talking about the Old Testament, and he's, and he's saying that he's come to fulfill it, that's actually about him. But then he says this crazy thing, which is, unless your righteousness, like your goodness, goes beyond the scribes and the Pharisees, which they're like the religious guys, they're the guys that keep all the rules, they're the guys that study all the commands, and Jesus is saying, actually, you need to be better than them. And it's like, what? Like, how is that possible? And then he goes through these six, you've heard it said, but I say to you, and gets to the heart. And this, as we get to the end, this is his point. What is the righteousness that goes beyond the scribes and Pharisees? This was like, this was targeted at do the right thing, right? Follow the law, keep the commands, do the right thing. Jesus says, no, it has to be beyond that. What's beyond that? Love. Actually, love in a heart that's shaped by love. It's not about keeping rules but about generous, unconditional, self-giving love to all. And Paul the Apostle summarizes this in Romans. He says, if we do that, we keep everything. Like, you fulfill the law. Like, love is fulfillment of the law. Jesus summarizes it in two commands. Love God and love neighbor. That's, that's the point. And because that's what God's like. That's what his kingdom's like. And again, it's not, not at all we have to do that so we get in and we love we're given grace, and then we grow to be like this and to live it out as well. So the way of Jesus is the way of unconditional, gener unconditional generous love for all, even enemies. And maybe you've been thinking about your enemies. 
As we think, who, who are your enemies? Maybe think through that this week. Even as, as a church, or maybe even just as followers and believers in Jesus in Australia, right? Who are our enemies? Who are people who are against us? And how can we love them? And we're going to respond to this in a second and, and take communion and just come back to now to this, this what Jesus has done on the cross. As we do that, realize that we were God's enemies. We, we were, all of you here at one stage were against God. Maybe not even consciously, but not believing Him or following Him or living. We fall short of His commands and often probably actively um, seeking to live without Him. We were His enemies. These verses from Romans we are finished with describe this. This is Romans 5, 6, and 7. You see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we had no, nothing to offer God at all, he died for us. He sent His Son. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more have we been reconciled shall we be saved through His life? We were God's enemies, yet God gave His only Son to us. That's what God is like. This guy says it this way. God, the cross teaches us supremely, is the greatest enemy lover of all time. And we're going to respond today and, and take communion, where we, we come back to this point in time, right? It's like, like that this is actually like happened, that Jesus was walking this earth, and he died, and he took our sin, he took our evil, and he bore it. And he was buried. But he came back to life. And he defeated it. And he's alive. And he's actually the Lord. He actually is seated at the right hand of God. One day he'll come back to bring everything back together. Heaven and earth. And we get to live in that now and walk in that now. So as, as we respond, we here what we do is we take the biscuit that represents his body. We dip it in the, in the juice that represents his blood. And you can go back to see where you can eat it there. And just, and just the symbol of what Jesus has done. And also the symbol of his life in us. That it's him in us that does this. That it's his life, it's his spirit that shapes us to be like him. And maybe you're here tonight, and this is really just new. And, 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 and seems crazy. But this is what Jesus has revealed, that this is what God is like. God is love. God shows grace. And no matter what you've done, Jesus has taken it. And all he asks us to do is come and trust him and enter this relationship with him. We believe him and follow him. And maybe you're here and you've never done that before. And it's just a step of saying, Jesus, I believe you. I ask you to come into my heart, into my life. I want to follow you. You can talk to him and, 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 and 
ask him to do that. And actually, he does. He actually comes and changes and shapes. He's alive. He's real. He actually does it. He transforms people. And it's just free. It's available if you believe in him. I encourage you if you, if you haven't done that before. So we're going to respond. We're going to pray. Then we take communion. And if you brought offering, have offering bags there as well. So let's pray. Yeah, Father, we just it can't comprehend just how great you are. Uh, and even each week we come and, and remember um, your cross. We just ask now even that, that you give us fresh revelation of it. That, that you died, Jesus. Like You left heaven and you were crucified for us when we were your enemies. That you know the depths of our heart and you know that the evil things that we have done, that you forgive us and you've taken it all on yourself. And that is new life. And we just ask God for this fresh revelation of your love for us, that you really love us, that you've demonstrated it, you've proved it, and you've, you've demonstrated to us every day that you give us life and you give us air and you give us sun and you've demonstrated all this with the cross. And we just pray, Father, that you would just help us to see that you really love us. You are love. It's who you are. And would we receive that today, Lord, and then grow and be like you, people who love, people who even love enemies, people who even love and bless and pray for those who are against them. And Father, we just really pray that even just in our community here or in our workplaces, in our schools, in our unis, God, that we would be people known for love, unconditional, generous love. So would you just come and meet us now, Lord? Um, just fill us with your presence and your spirit afresh and just do whatever you want to do. Just say, come, Holy Spirit, come.